And so while we're getting the streams all set up, um, you know, if you want to let us know in the comments uh, that this is working for you, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm so excited about today's uh, show. Uh, I, so I really do like to start off with some warm ups and. Um, so yeah, start off with a, just a rounded elliptical shape just to get going. Hmm. Seems like, seems like part of this is not showing up. We'll try it again. Let's see if that, oh no. Something is, something's amiss. Maybe that's better. Third time's the charm. There we go. Right. So, <laughs> so if you're still with us, uh, we're doing some warm ups, right? And I am thinking about this shape, kind of a tire shape, a bagel shape, if you like. The other way to think of it. The other word for it is a torus. There we go. So it's really interesting sort of form. You could think of it like that it's rounded, right? It's like a, it's almost a it's almost like a tube. And these other different forms would fit into the rounded. Oh, you're uh, like, you know, like a hamster could run through it. <laughs> but so getting warmed up by thinking about these forms and shapes. Really be a good way to stretch your mind, a good way to connect your eyes and your hands. How do you do it? You do it a, uh, a couple of times. And before you know it, you're all, you're all warmed up. I'm thinking about how this form would run around the front and the back side of this thing. What direction would these lips need to go? So to showcase this rounding scene. Donuts. Bit of projective geometry that's sort of logically prior to uh, Euclidean geometry, if you like. So, anyway, I hope you uh, I hope you're warmed up. I hope that you're 
I'm ready to get started with the show. Because we're live. This is Drawing for Tattooers. I'm your host, James Wisdom. Uh, it is uh, Monday, August 28th, 2023. Um, so if you're watching us, um, you know, make sure to hit a like and hit subscribe. Hey, good morning, Preacher. You're on the, uh, you're on the comments and you're also live with us. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's really great to have everybody here today. Um, right. And so... Uh, well, before we go yeah. on, um, it, was it a donut? If so, that goes well with my coffee. Mm-hmm. And, or is it too early to call it the hydro, Hydron Collider or whatever that is? is I don't think it, I don't ever think it's too early for the Hydron Colliders, right? It's... Uh, yeah, that's what it is, right? It's all that shit. It's uh, <laughs> all of it. And I so, like donut. Yeah, yeah, donut, bagel, tire. Oh, there you go. Taurus, right? Whatever you call it, you know, it's, um, it's, it's. There's a topology to it. It's so, it's so fascinating. But trying to practice drawing it, it's very complicated. Even though it's this very simple sort of basic form. Um, so yeah, then, and that's a big part of what we do here, right? We, we like to cover the fundamentals of drawing on Drawing for Tattooers. And so again, uh, you know, good morning, everybody. And welcome to Guy Atchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Network, uh, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join in these live stream and real world events. Our aim is to share, inspire, and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every single day. And so with your help, we've become an amazing network of live and on-demand tattoo and art-related content. And so at this, uh, at this time, I do, like to, I do like to share the screen with you all and show you uh, the Reinventing the Tattoo homepage where you can find out more about reinventing uh, the, the canon started off as a three ring binder and now it's this online community of uh um of sort of like-minded tattooers as well as you know people who are are hungry for knowledge right like a lion chasing after the gazelle right you're hungry for knowledge <laughs> you come here right and so that way you can get uh your fix and so um Again, you can find uh, Reinventing the Tattoo in all these fine places, either the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, um, YouTube, Roku. Um, We're also a podcast. So you can find us wherever you find your podcasts, Apple or Spotify. Um, There's also uh, an app, right? Again, you get it at the App Store. Um, It's a little little icon you put on your device and you can click right into the community. You can also get access to all of the courses. Um, and there's a, uh, there's a number of free courses, right? And they're always updating. There's professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattooers. Check out the courses. Um, some a la carte stuff, right? That you can, you can choose what works best for you. Um, and, uh, you know, so here you can find all these, all these options. The History of Electric Tattooing by Jay Brown. I've got a chance to, to, you know, to get to know Jay um, quite a bit um, through the APT, the Alliance of Professional Tattooers. If you're a tattooer, I would certainly encourage you to check out the Alliance of Professional Tattooers um, at uh, safetattoos.com. 
And so, um, but anyway, yeah, you can, you can check out Jay's history of electric tattooing. It's a must, right, for apprentices. But of course, you know, even if you've been doing it for a long time, there's always like more to learn. Um, yeah, and, and 3D areola tattooing, webinars, holistic approach by Nick Baxter, uh, black and gray skull from Bob Tyrell, the list goes on and on. Um, so there's, uh, there's a lot to explore, a lot to find. Um, yeah, and if you scroll down, you can see all of our, you know, uh, list of weekly, uh, daily show offerings, right? So starting on Sundays, we have a reinventing drawing group, the Skill Building Sundays, hosted by Jason Leeser. On Mondays at 9 a.m., we have Drawn for Tattooers with James Wisdom. That's me. That's this show. It's followed at 11 a.m., uh, the Tattoo Now show. Uh, looks like uh, Mickey Schlick, friend of the show, is going to be on this week's episode of Tattoo Now. So that's going to be, don't want to miss it. Um, 5 p.m. on Mondays, we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. At 9 p.m. Eastern on Mondays, we have the Subscribers Exclusive Drawing Group. And that's followed on Thursdays at 6 p.m. with the Tattoo Collecting 101. Uh, podcast. And so now we'd like to, we'd like to take a moment and uh, thank our sponsors who make reinventing uh, these reinventing shows possible. Uh, Worldtattooevents.com, largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. Lots of updating as conventions are rescheduling like crazy. Uh, so you can always keep up to date with conventions in your area by visiting worldtattooevents.com. Tattoo Now. Tattoo Now is technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development management and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. Upgrades competitive with any CRM mailing list software out there. So um, if you want some help with your communication, communicating with your clients, keeping up with them, um, check out Tattoo Now and ask for Gabe. Uh, and then of course, uh, we'd really like to thank Guy Atchison for being the uh, founder and inspiration behind reinventing the tattoo. Uh, you can learn more about Guy by visiting guyatchison.com uh, where you can purchase paintings, prints, tattoo machines, and also learn more about Guy's story of being a painter, making his way through the tattoo world. Um, it is a cool site. There's, there's, there's tons and tons of stuff on it. So, um, so yeah, check out guyatchison.com. Uh, Tattooingwisdom.com my website, always working on it. In fact, I got a really great uh, critique on my website design. And so uh, I'm really excited for some, uh, for some updates and rebranding myself. Um, some upcoming stuff, I wanna, wanna plug the High Lifestyle uh, Show and Tattoo Arts Festival. Um, there are, uh, uh, that's, that's happening uh, September uh, 21st. Can't wait for that show. And of course, the Paradise Tattoo Gathering is happening this October 12th through the 15th. Um, and so, yeah, so if you would like to, uh, to host a Reinvented the Tattoo event or sponsor the community, um, you can email management at reinventedthetattoo.com. Um, and then please leave your positive reviews on the channel. Help us get the word out. And there we did it. That was the that. Was the, that. So thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Um, 
So good morning, creature, and good morning, spirit. It's so great to have you both. Good morning. morning, spirit. Hey, good morning. <laughs> yeah. How y'all doing? Hello. What's happening? I had to break into your guys' conversation the last week about the Neotrad. I I really enjoyed what you had to say about that. You're thinking on transitioning from more of a realism to you know that direction. I can see why. I see the appeal, definitely. Oh yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Um well I the colors are very nice. I like how the the there's always one particular thing to focus on. The I like the line work um, with with realism. It, it's a little trickier. It, it seems. Um, I don't know. It's that blend of realism and cartooniness that I like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, my age. You know, I grew up watching Looney Tunes and yeah. you know, all of that. So Absolutely. when I think of a tattoo, I don't necessarily think of a sticker, but I don't necessarily think of realism either. Right. Agree. I agree. And uh, and just you know, um, and even just to kind of this just just you just saying like you know, like your age like I I, I completely like. Because it's almost like those are the tattoos that we, that we were kind of raised on, you know, um, like the colorful. T- those are the tattoos our grandparents had, or you know what I'm saying, our uncles had, you know, um, and that was almost the type of art that they were doing back then. Yeah. Um, you know, and so the realism kind of just kind of, you know, came onto the scene, um, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I think that uh, yeah, I, I think I like I really like neo traditional. I think it's really beautiful, um, and I just like the, the direction it's the direction it's going. And I would very much like to be a part of that and add my um, my artistic abilities um, to to the movement. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I've tried many different things and I I don't know what, if there's something specific that fits for me. I Mm -hmm. am a fan of art. Yes. I'm a fan of art. And I mean, every time someone brings something new to me, I'm like, okay, challenge accepted. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Kyle. Hey Kyle. Kyle Good here. morning, people. How are we doing? How goes it, everybody? Uh well, it's I think it's going really well. And Kyle, so uh fortuitous you're here. We can plug your upcoming appearance on Drive. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> Next week. <Rock> star. <laughs> Next week we're gonna have Kyle Olson, everybody. So um you don't yeah, want to miss fun. You don't want to miss it. I'm, I'm, I'm sharpening my knives right now for you, Kyle. I'm gonna <laughs> have all kinds of questions, and yeah, yeah we're going to so we're gonna get to the meat of the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. get to the meat of the issue. Um, fucking meats and potatoes. That's it. There you go. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's it is going to be fun. 
I'm, I'm excited for it. And, um, and so today, uh, uh, I wanted to do, a, you know, a bit more of a book review, a, you know, talk about a chapter in a book that I really like. Um, okay. But it's such a huge chapter. We're only going to be, we're only going to do half of it today. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to have Kyle, everybody. You're not going to want to miss it. And then the following week, we'll finish up the chat. You know, so we're, we're planned out. We've got we've got a trajectory. <laughs> we're getting we're getting some composition laid out, as it were, um, oh, yeah. for the upcoming upcoming bit. Um, but I, I did want to kind of turn back to this idea of uh, this, this conversation about neo-traditional that we're having. It's a pretty okay. wide open genre, if you will right mm-hmm. how do we mm-hmm. define this this type of work um is, is there a definition that really fits it uh i mean uh, <laughs> can, we, can we you know how can we how can we talk about it more how does it how do i go about learning to draw in that style better great question i mean like I feel like it's almost like uh, realism that's just like adds a lot of emphasis on the contour. You know what I mean? Oh. Uh, just it's really like emphasizes like the the line work and stuff like that. But then it has a lot of elements of like realism. Um, I don't know. Because like, yeah, like there's like. That's a hard question, guys. It is. Yes. That's a great question. I broke the group. I win. Yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's a right answer to it. I think that there's a lot we could look at it a little bit and see many fundamental uh, principles being sort of observed, used, not observed, right? <laughs> I think that's uh-huh. a part of it too. There's the, you know, like, it's almost like the things that it ignores is a part of what makes it what it is. This is, this has to be a part of what defines it. Mm-hmm. Um, so to say that it is one thing or the other, um, again, it's sort of, it's difficult, difficult to sort of put it in a box, but everybody's pointing at, you know, what's, what makes it so unique and so special. Um, we want to say good morning to Jason Lisa, everybody. Hey, Jason. Hey, good morning, Jason. Morning, guys. Morning. Great. Couldn't help but uh, I was Gunner. Thank you. Thank great. you. Yeah, it was a great interview. Yeah, I, I really tried to like dig deep into some of those questions, and um, you know, really try to like hit the core of a lot of like, you know, what are the real underlying reasons why people do certain things and with every interview i do i am getting better at that so thank you very much i appreciate that well done i couldn't help but listening in on the youtube and uh the topic of neo trad came out and defining that and i was like oh 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 need to join this need to jump in have to do this Uh, yeah love it yeah, I uh, I've been a huge fan of it for a long time, um, but it you run into the same problem with trying to define that that you will trying to define you know almost any style. You have to break it down into a, its base characteristics. Um, you know what separates that from other styles, right? 
it's the same way that you define any kind of a genre. You look for its similarities and its differences between different types of styles and different types of subject matter. Perfect example, take an eagle, right? An eagle you can render in 3D, right? You can make it look like it's an actual three-dimensional physical thing in front of you. You can render it in a very traditional style, right? But what makes it very, what makes traditional traditional? Single line weights, bold, flat color, black pepper shade, very limited color palettes. I think those are pretty standard. I, I think that we can agree with a lot of that across the board, um, no matter what, no matter where you come from or who you are. Like those are some elements of traditional tattooing. Um, Neotrad is supposed to be like the next evolution in traditional tattooing, right? And I swear one day I'm going to publish a paper on this topic. Um, I'll send you guys a link to the academic journal. Anything on it? <laughs> um, but let, let's, when you're trying to define Neotrad, you have to start off with traditional, right? What, what is traditional tattooing, right? And single line weight, black shading, black pepper shading, and very limited, very simple color palettes uh, with very flat shading, almost no rendering unless it's done with black, um, and very, very simplified, almost abstractedly simplified details. Okay, now when you're looking at Neotrad, the question then becomes, how does that differ, right? Well, you have varied line weights in Neotrad, right? You've got very thin lines to very thick lines. You still maintain some semblance of a very flat color scheme um, because in certain Neotrad pieces, you'll see large areas of just one solid color. However, those colors have branched out and you now have more vibrant colors. You've got more vibrant tones that are available as opposed to what they used to have. You may also start to see a lot more rendering, a lot more three-dimensional rendering or a lot more, um, a lot more value being put into a lot of these pieces uh, to give them more of a, a three-dimensional kind of look as opposed to the very flat sticker-like two-dimensional look of traditional. I think that's, those are some of the aspects in my mind as far as what a neo-traditional tattoo is. Um, I think and, these are great points. Uh, let me, let me share, let me share with, uh, with everybody. And so I want to, I want to put this, I want to put this tattooer up and maybe, maybe we could, probably again you know uh, hard to define this person but again you know maybe, maybe there's some maybe there's some neo-traditional stuff going on here right so uh yeah so steve moore everybody um mm -hmm. so if you're not familiar with steve moore's work uh you know what i mean you should uh you should get into I, it. I was gonna say if you really want definitive neo-trad work Pull up uh, Devin Cooley. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Harlan Kantner. Um, those two guys are, you know, like that's all they do and they crush it. 
That is gorgeous. But to me, I would almost put that in more of like an illustrative category. I, I hear. Yeah, I think neo traditional and illustrative really um, can be very similar. God, that's wow. they overlap a bit, right? I think you know they mm -hmm. can over they can have a bit of overlap. Uh, but yeah, you know, you're drawing some. There's definitely some <clears throat> elements of like Art Nouveau here, you know? right? Um, which you know, of course, I think you know you could you could certainly point to some elements you know, within even, even very traditional Americana that you would, you know, that you would sort of look at, you know, there's some art Nouveau stuff in here. I think, you know, I think if, you, if you're, if you're stretching, you know what I mean? I think you can really, you can say that stuff. Um, yeah, let's just take, a, let's just take a quick, a quick peek at, at, at what's going on here. Um, I guess I think about that, you know, there's like- I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's fair to pull up Steve Moore's work though. <laughs> uh, it makes me want to quit yeah, he's on another and level. give up on everything <laughs> I have ever done. Right, right. No, he, like this, this just makes me sad. Uh, makes me, it makes me like, I'm like, all right, well, this is something that I could aspire, uh, aspire to. Exactly. Granted, he's also been doing it four times longer than I have. So yeah, you know, have have compassion for yourself, Jason. Yeah. He is one thousand years old. So um, right, pretty right. close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, yeah, an old mm -hmm. an old soul for sure. But there's a, a you know, I think that um, I think that what we're sort of what we're seeing here are some really interesting compositional devices that are just they're very cleverly used. And it's helping us to sort of unfold a story, if you like. It's not. It's not necessarily. It's not written. There's not. There's not language here per se. That's you know like like explicitly abstract language in the tattoo. Instead, there's all of these sort of vignettes, these moments that we're going to sort of we're going to put them together in some way, you know, and we're going to think about how how these things relate. And that's where, you know, we can sort of have this interpretation. Um, and that's probably true of almost any sort of image that you would see. But the way that he's doing it, uh, I think, it, you know, it's especially clever. Um, it's just very well done. Um, here's, uh, here's what makes me look at this kind of stuff as almost not neo-trad. Okay. Look at, look at how fully he renders his main primary subject. Yeah. Right? Love it. I mean, you can wow. see the planes on the face of the ocelot in that picture. I think that's an ocelot. Although ocelots aren't purple, but, and teal. But like that, look at the bird, right? You can clearly pick out the different planes and dimensions on that bird, and it makes it look like it's a three-dimensional object. But the colors don't necessarily follow the the correct the plane correct. Or that's that's one of the things that I'm I'm curious about, like especially how it renders uh, animals. And I I don't know, Jason. Were you? I'm sorry. Were you finished with your point, bro? I don't know. To me, it just seems a bit more realistic mm -hmm. than neo traditional. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say surreal. I hear you. There's a realism. Surreal. 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 
But these are very yeah, true to the traditional subject. Bird on dagger with leaf. Come on, that's right. <laughs> yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Well, that if we're, if, if we're gonna be, cute. if we're gonna define that based on subject matter, right. that's a different story, right? right? Yeah. Um, I tend to look at things like the artistic elements being used, but you're absolutely right, dude. Uh, I mean, tiger head. Yeah. What were you saying, Spirit? I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear what you were. Sorry. You were at. Oh, oh no, it's fine. Um. Uh, oh yeah, there's this. Okay, so let's just take this bone for example. Um, there are elements of, of traditional and neo well neo traditional that I've been interested in, and like so. All right, so you just see the little lines inside the bone. Um, I'm sure that you know he, he might have actually taken a bone. It looks like a. What do you think it is? A femur or something? Looks like a femur bone. Yeah. Um, he might actually take and trace those lines, but the color does not follow. Like, there's no depth in the color. There's no black in it. You know, it just looks like he just laid that color in there, you know, and just used the, the contour lines to define the shape. I find that very fascinating. I find that very beautiful. Uh, it's something that I've really been trying to, like, just... I don't know. Uh, I just, I just think that that's really nice how they do that. It's like a flat. It's a, it's a. Yeah, they're not even really. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, pull it apart a little bit more. Think about the con. Think about what's the. What are the contrasting elements? You know what I mean? Because we're looking at, it, we're dazzled. But yeah, we like to analyze. You know what I mean? We can definitely analyze it. So what? Are, what are some con? What are some contrasts? Some areas of contrast that we, you know, we've all been thinking about it in our own work. We study it. What what are some areas in this that we could sort of point at and say that's a that's a you know contrast uh, mm-hmm. device that he's using to for contrast? So he has the line weights uh, clearly, and then one uh, the other thing I noticed is the uh, he has that really um, I want to say that's almost a very muted orange uh, and magenta behind it that is like pushing it to the front and a little bit to the back. Um. And then there's also this this yellow teal thing that overlaps it with a thick line. I don't, I'm not really sure what he's doing there, but it's interesting. I like it. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Anybody else? I mean, like, I'd almost agree with Jason that, like, it's, it, it, it how do you put it? It's, it has like the neo-traditional feel, but it lacks some of the neo-traditional elements that make neo-traditional neo-traditional. So like in the aspect of like it being an evolution of traditional, like the super dark shade, you know, black to fade out to the color to like, uh, to skin tone, like uh, like that that part of like traditional, like tattooing that you do see in quite a bit of neo-traditional. I don't, I'm not seeing a whole lot of it, um, but it's, it's in that in between of like neo-trad and then like, illustrative you know it's like just kind of like that that mixture right there i think it's i think it's rad like i'm not saying anything negative about it at all um it's absolutely amazing um but yeah i would just like to oh go ahead no well i was just gonna say i love that i think that that's a that's the best reason why to look at it (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so we can uh so we can kind of challenge the you know our 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 preconceptions but you know, but right, it's interesting. It's like is like there's some we want a purity. We want to say like, this is exactly that. 
Um, and I think that's, uh, I love to challenge those things, you know, on my, my own personal notions about it. Here's, you know, this was one thing that I noticed is like, here's the, there's the black. It's right there in, you know, in this, this black shading, this whip shade, right? From, looks like it, it, it may even step from black to maybe like the purple concentrate or something out to this, you know, kind of, you know, just transition the gradient to this maroon, this, this uh, red violet color, you know, whatever these leaves are here. And I, and I would say, you know, just kind of like, uh, I think what Spirit was observing with the colors, it's sort of interesting because we, you know, we oftentimes, I kind of, kind of think that like the cooler palette goes back, pushes us back where the warm stuff steps forward. And here he's challenging that, mm -hmm. right? Sort of the, the, the main element, this bone, the cool colors, it's definitely kind of being pushed forward in front of all of the warm stuff. Um, so I, I hear, I gotta hear where everybody's coming from too. You know, that there's like, there is some traditional subject matter here, but it's so wild. Like, oh. what do you call it? You know, like, what do you call this? Um, I don't know. I would, I would get this tattoo for sure. I would, oh, yeah. <laughs> all these tattoos, I would, like I, would I would wear them. Um, they are out of control. Uh, um, yeah. Well, let's, let's just, let's just do like another one. So that way we can. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I'm no illustrator. Wait, is this him? Is that him? <laughs> that looks like him. That, that, like him. <laughs> that is to me, very illustrative. I would not put that in the Neo tread category. But what about these like broken arrows in this in this like dragon yeah, was, thing? Yeah. Those yeah. are kind of yeah. elements. You yeah. also have elements right next to that that don't have any outlines. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Which well, we is one of the hallmarks <laughs> that definitely lends it more to a painterly kind of style. Once, this is just my two cents, by the way. It's He's not definitive. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred <clears> percent. <throat> It's it yeah it dances in between that illustrative and neo trend. It's so fun. It's so cool. Sixty hours. Is oh, that yeah. hours? Holy shit! Which is insane. Yeah. Take me sixty hours just to get the top part done. Jeez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're all. I did a tiny little stitch Elvis tattoo that I was proud of. Took me forever. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you should be proud of that. Creepy. Oh, did you saw that one? No, I didn't see it, but I'm just telling you, you should be proud of it. Oh, thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Maybe you can spotlight creature real quick. Creature's Elvis. Hey. Oh, good Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should. No, 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 no. Well, send yeah, send it to me and I'll 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 put it up if you'd rather do it that way. <laughs> Um, hey James, a, yo, can we pull up Devin Cooley? Of course. I want I want to show the differences in, you know, just just for someone to compare, just for grins. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Now, now to me, this is far more Neo Trad than Steve Moore. What about this one? Look at that skull face. Well, that's that's a collab <laughs> between him and Harlan <laughs> Kim. I watched them tattoo that, and it wow. was mind blowing. But that's actually a collaborative tattoo between him and Harlan Kim. And you can tell which spots are his and which spots are Harlan's. Just, just how expansive neo traditionals become me, you know, to where um, you got like uh, the gentleman who just the terrible name, sorry, uh, a lot more like on the illustrative side, uh, pushing the realism in the neo traditional uh, stuff like that. And then uh, this gentleman, like hardcore, like neo traditional on the traditional side of things, you know, like it's, yeah, it's it's huge. <clears throat> so cool. I'm um really interested in uh the their saturation techniques. Um just you know the ability to uh get it that <clears throat> like it's almost like it's a matte finish. Mm-hmm. How how is how do you guys think that they do that? slowly chipping away at it just slowly you know mm-hmm. just packing everything in and taking your time with the gradients and shit mm-hmm. that's all that's um, all I, that's all i can do i can't i can't rush it i screwed yeah, it that's real that's real um i've been um somebody said that uh, a few ways to do it is to like uh is to like just like wet your hand and just kind of um rub the tattoo and then you'd kind of really be able to start to see the little inconsistencies and you can even start to kind of like you can even rub your finger over areas and tell if it's if it is or is not saturated mm-hmm. um i've been using that method a lot lately and uh, yeah. and just like just like you said kyle um you know literally like just sitting there being like all right what else is and uh, this little bit right here, do, 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 tap yeah. this over here. You know, um, you know, taking my time is yeah, that's definitely the right, the right answer. Another person you could pull up, uh, pull up is Dave Tavanaugh. Hmm. His skin, his color saturation is off the chart. But Devin Cooley's, Devin Cooley to me is like one of the. If you're looking more to like the traditional side of things, this is like neo trad. This that's what I would consider neo trad to be. Um, just for something to compare Steve Moore to. Okay, I I think uh, I think that we're um, you know there's all valid points. You know what I mean? Uh, and so yeah, like how do you know? There is probably, um, you know, elements of this, again, like we were talking about that collaboration piece. Well, this is a collab too. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, there's more or less like, you know, this isn't, you know, I mean, I I would say like, you know, like those, these flowers or something like that, you know, the way that that's more Art Nouveau, you know I mean? So you could split hairs, but I think at the same time, like, you know, uh, that's what makes neo-traditional what we're talking about so wonderful and it isn't it isn't so pure you are taking these sort of elements and stuff from 
you know, from other time periods and, and you're putting it together in something, you know, some, something new, probably the, you know, the, the bit that we could, you know, that we could say is, uh, you know, the traditional part is, uh, there's some, there's some relationship to, there's, there's some, uh, reference to the traditional, uh, aesthetic. And in this case, maybe it's like that there is a bolder outline um, or something, or I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know where this one could be, you know, like uh, <clears throat> neo-traditional versus traditional. Like, where is it that it departs, but where is it that references? You know what I mean? There's, there's a, I think a, a lot of different, a lot of different ways that you could. Uh, start to theorize about it, start to sort of, you know, sort of pull it apart. Um, but I think it's, you know, this, this keeps the animal face, you know what I mean? Like, I see that a lot of neo-traditional artists, they do that kind of all this little, all these little facets that they put in there. It's very, mm -hmm. very, uh, um, it's very fascinating. I don't know, maybe it's this, you know, it's like, maybe it's these, maybe it's these little details like this, you know, that's sort of, Kind of make it i don't know it's illustrative too right it's mm. it's very uh it's a very interesting conversation i think to have and perhaps it's uh again like it's what it's ignoring you know what i mean it's the things that it's not that, that are a part of what you know that make it what it is um yeah i don't know and then you know then of course there's room for criticism too as far as like what uh um uh what is effective in this piece and versus you know, what are things that you know, we could do without, for instance, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to, to hear everybody's uh, take on these things. I really love their use of muted, muted tones. I just can't get over it. This is so beautiful. That, and that's one of the things that's been, you know, I was looking at my entry the other day and I realized all of my muted tones are completely untouched and in full. You know what I'm saying? It's my bright tones that I'm running out of, and 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 this and that. And so that that was very telling. And that's um, I'm going to utilize that knowledge going forward in the future. So maybe I'll be like, all right, well, let me grab this. You know, I mean, because if you look at it, it's like a lot of muted tones and mostly mostly muted and, and not a lot of bright colors. I remember that uh, uh, analogy that Kyle used where, you know, you, you can't have everybody doing a solo in a song. You got to do one, one solo at a time. When one person's doing a solo, everybody's just kind of just supporting them, you know, and that's what the idea is. I guess when I'm looking at this one and I, you know, I see a lot of muted tones also, um, I do like... I do like Kyle's analogy for, you know, to music and stuff. Um, in this instance, it really feels like uh, the bright, these bright intense colors are almost pushing us to look at the muted tones in this deer's face, for instance, right? The antler mm. is very intense. This leaf is very intense. Um, and so I'm almost drawn to those sort of ochre, you know, sort of 
brownish tan, you know, caramely ochre, whatever kind of, you know, however you want to uh, characterize it, but those things that are happening in the face. Um, and yeah, so again, it's like you have this relationship of, uh, of muted tones to more intense tones. And it, it definitely, um, if, if, if that deer face was just as bright yellow as anything else, right, then it, I don't think it would work nearly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. And, and if, those, if those leaves were really sort of muted browns and then the, you know, and then the, the antlers were all, you know, you, you would either have to have some sort of very, very carefully, you know, calibrated realistic approach Right, or it would be camouflage, like deers are in real. You know, like I can't see, <laughs> I can't see the deer. It's like it's camouflaged and all of that. Same thing, same. Um, so, but that's the difference. You know what I mean? Like that's what makes distinct distinctiveness. Um, like the solo in Kyle's example. Um, yeah, no, very very fun. Um, that's. Uh, Oh, so, all right. So, Jason, you said Dave Tevena. Mm-hmm. P-E-V-A. I don't know if I'm going to... Yep, Dave Tevena. Got it. All right, let's check out this. Check out this guy. Oh, let's follow. You're awesome. Um, What's this one? All right. I'm almost... This is like new school to me. Mm-hmm. right am i this is this yeah. is what i'm like yeah. this is like new school right i mean yeah but it is saturated it looks beautiful but again it's sort of like there's this weird parallel that's happening between this illustrative stuff this neo-traditional stuff new school surrealism right they're all kind of uh they all seem to be all referencing traditional tattoos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they like all they're all playing like the telephone game. They get told one thing, and by the end of the really? line of stuff, it's completely, you know, a different story and stuff like that. So, right, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. He um, he designed all of the to these these works right for the um that's a lot of fun yeah very cool and he is a an absolute animal uh when it comes down to just production of work i own a few of his original pieces uh original like art pieces um that are all kept in like a dark portfolio so that they never fade and they're always amazing Watching this guy work is mind blowing how fast he is. Mm. He's he's efficient to the max. Like he, uh, honestly, right now I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten two tattoos by him, and I can tell you that at the time he was using coils. I think he was using a rotary on my ribs. But oh, I mean, he knocked out like a huge piece on my ribs in five hours flat. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I see my, uh, yeah. <laughs> Take it up. Take it up. So <laughs> we're going to Jason. 
Hold on. I got you. Uh, wait. Are we are we spotlighting you? Yeah, yeah. I have no. Yeah, there we go. This is a few years old. Yeah. Uh, Five hours. Traditional aspects to it. It's rad. You don't in Five hours, huh? That's what. That's what. Uh, yeah. Start to finish, he drew it right on. Yeah, it's one of um one of two pieces I have by him. And then uh, let's see if I can show off my my other one. Oh, oh, how did that feel? I wanted, I wanted to sort of comment on the chat. Ziggy Romero. Oh, like uh, Ziggy commented, do we all have to agree on some definition of what neo-traditional is? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, of course not. As far as what to make it. This is this is uh, is a great point, Ziggy. Thank you, and I, I I think you're right on the money. And I don't think we could agree about. I think we, <laughs> Jason, show that one more time. I want to see that thing. I'm like reading chats, and this one was um, four hours, start to finish. Good God, fucking good God. Look at that tat gun. I love it. Ah, <laughs> We're not allowed, you're not allowed to say that. What is that? Tat yeah. <laughs> Taddy Taddy Daddy. Hey, old Sparky. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm gonna I think I might go back to uh toil machines on a few things, to be honest with you. Then then so really kind of giving it some thought. When when he was doing those, he had his the coil machines that he was using he had those running so fast i thought they were liners uh -huh. um they were fast they were hard and the one of the things he told me was dude make sure that whenever you're running your machine make sure it's like when you're tattooing it should be like working with a marker like a graphic uh -huh. marker uh -huh. You know, hard, fast, get it in solid, and then you should be able to just sweep right out and have a perfect fade. Um, and it's like, okay, that that makes sense, you know. But he was also working like right off the tips of the needles, you know, just kind of like feathering everything in as he went, so that he could do color blends and color mixing you know, right there in the tube to get those perfect silky smooth feeds. Um, it did not feel pleasant by any means, but he also has the nickname of Volcano Hands for a reason. So. <laughs> um, let's see. Volcano Hands, that's awesome. Well, um <laughs> Creature, I'm trying to figure out how to download the. You shared some. You shared some things with me uh, while I'm working. Uh, I'm working on it. Let me see. What did? You, uh, what? What could we? What could we share with everybody, Creature? The. You want to do the Elvis sticker? You can. I sent you the reference and the sticker. It was. Uh, someone came over and wanted it. I don't know if I even want you to show it after seeing all the really good. Oh, of course. Oh, I'm a novice over here. Let's see. You deserve to be spotlighted just as much. Uh -huh. Yeah, definitely. 
That'll make me blush. Stop it. All right. So I did my very best. I have my my grievances with that particular tattoo because of the strings. My cartridges were not as uh, they're not as good as I'd like them to be. So the rattle and the cartridge, they were such fine lines. It was a three ten three round liner putting in these teeny tiny strings and frets and you know so the the first one is the reference and the second one is yours yeah yeah the good one is the reference no they're both both, that looks identical we're gonna just kidding we're going to uh let me let me share these with the group um if i can find i can find the window it's in here somewhere everybody hang on mm-hmm uh, but anyway, in the while we're uh, ah, that's it. There it is. Uh huh. Ah. So this share it with the gang. Here it is. Uh-huh. Hey! That's awesome. Uh, right That's her right sort of inner arm. Um, she's got a bunch of little stickers. All around, she's collecting small ones. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of fun. Good job on that. Yeah, it, it looks stickery. It looks like it's a sticker. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, great job on the the white pack. Thank you. Yeah, it's about two inches tall. Oh, itty bitty little turkey. Uh, oh. Yeah, I like it. I think I think you did a really nice job on it. Um, and I think even even if we even if we don't see the white as strongly when it heals, you've got this really nice support of all the cast shadows and stuff underneath. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have this. You're gonna have the shapes. You're gonna have the silhouette and stuff. I think that's always gonna be um, it's always gonna be something that you'll uh, that you'll be able to see. And then uh, hold on. I do want to, there's one other piece I did want to share with everybody. So uh, see if I can share that. This one. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. This, this is the other one that you did, right? This mm-hmm. is the one. Yes. Those are synthetic skin tattoos. That oh, shit. That's even better. I, that's about three hours on each one. Nice. I'm unsure. Who the lady is? Well, that's Leo DeCat right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that you know, since you you know, just the fact that you did these with with tattoo machines is um, uh, really kind of speaks to uh, your capability. Um, and so. Yeah, again, I, you know, I, I really, I really think that you have a, a lot of, um, a lot of capacity doing these, these really, these realistic, you know, uh, black and gray portraits and stuff. Um, it really seems to be a strong suit that you could pursue. I mean, you know, it's uh, just something that I would, uh, you know, I just see a lot of potential here for you, creature, so. Well, thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. They're, they're I nice. Like I mean, I really, I really do think they're they're very nice. So, um, 
And I recommend that particular synthetic skin. If anybody wants to know where I get it and all of that, you can't just buy it at Amazon or anything. You got to cut it yourself. And um, I mean, if Jason's listening, I mean, it comes in giant rolls and you could do full bodysuit tattoos on it and hang it in frames. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Thinking of you, buddy. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Actually, that reminds me of something else I got to put on my list for today. It's, yeah, it's what, is, what now? Because Santa is coming up, man. I gotta, I gotta write him a letter. So yeah, has <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, got to know the name of that stuff. So. All right, I will happily send you the info. It's a there's a whole lot with a the serial numbers and it's through American Rubber Products. There's a company station in Jersey and in Cali. Mm-hmm. So wherever you live, they can kind of coordinate. Yeah. Um, it's not that expensive. Uh, three square yards is only was only like 35 bucks. I mean, Damn. you get a lot. Yeah. The, the shipping's expensive, but the material's not that expensive. So I pay, that's like $85 for three square yards. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better than like real skin or the stuff you get from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Well, uh, that's lovely. So, um, wow. Let's see, uh, let's see. I want to display as a uh, read mode. This will allow us. Yes. Okay. So nice. Anyway, um, last week. We were looking at James Gurney's uh, book um, uh, about light and painting. You know, this mm-hmm. one is imaginative realism. So it's uh, um, you know imagining uh, how to paint what doesn't exist. And so this is a this is an incredible chapter um, on composition, as we see here in the corner. And I there was something about like you know when I was reading this chapter, um, it made me think about. Steve Moore, it made me think about, you know, like uh, all the ways that these uh, these principles are kind of applicable to what we do as tattooers. Um, so whether you paint or whether you tattoo, um, I think that some of these things are, are uh, you know, they're kind of timeless. Uh, James Gurney is an amazing artist. He authored Dinotopia, and then he also has these great books, you know, so of course, highly recommended. And of course, probably many of you out there like have these books, um, but uh, you know, get them back out and read them. They're, you know, they're fantastic. So I just wanted to, I wanted to share this with everybody. Um, zoom in here a little bit. You know, we can read for just a few minutes. We're going to do about half this chapter. And then next week, everybody, we've got Kyle Olson on the, on the program. You don't want to miss it. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll finish this up. Um, but let's just, uh, let's just sort of, you know, we'll go into just some of the, you know, this first half of the chapter, right? Two values. Okay, so uh, again, this is going to be a James Gurney's voice because he's kind of he's really sharing some a lot of like personal experiences. But um, but let's let's get into it. Right, two values. You can add both impact and photorealism to your compositions by increasing the contrast between light values and dark values. The tonal values are the degrees of lightness 
from white to black, and they're present in any painting, even one in full color. The exercises on this page are designed to encourage you to translate the complexity of a subject into to just two extreme values, white and black. Right, so we can see that he's doing that here with these, with these studies, these painted studies. He goes on, comic artists naturally think in black and white. Masters such as Roy Crane, Milton Caniff, and Hal Foster told epic stories with nothing else. This simplicity automatically lends power to their images. But painters, especially oil painters, usually struggle to achieve contrast. Most paintings suffer from middle value mumbling. The tendency to paint everything in the middle tone, tonal range, um, that's, this, that's this tonal muddling, mumbling, um, to cure yourself of middle value mumbling, do a sketch where everything in the light is rendered in white, and everything in the shadow is stated in black. On this page, I've explored this idea in oil using 15 minute poses and a model at a sketch group. The model should be lit by a single strong light source, like the one shown on page 20. Um, for example, this first exercise, you can use uh, opaque medium, the middle technique doesn't matter as long as you use both white and black over an intermediate value. If you paint in oil, it's best to use pure titanium white and ivory black, each with its own brush, starting with the black and then proceeding from large to small shapes. It takes supreme determination to avoid the temptation to blend the colors into grays. Don't give in. Uh, and try not to outline everything. The viewer of your picture will not mind imagining the edges that you have uh, that you have left out. Isn't that funny, right? I know that it's my tendency. I want to outline everything. You know, when I'm designing a tattoo, I'm doing it. I want to outline every single thing. Um, but no, right? But no, um, leave some edges, right? Soft, right? Edges and lines. These are important concepts to kind of keep in mind. Um, but you know, again, we can see there are some outlines and stuff that are happening in some of these places. But more, you know, outline almost used uh, like a shape. So we can see a few more studies here, right? And over here on the, the upper right-hand side, um, there's a histogram from Photoshop. Um, this is, if, if you're not familiar with Photoshop, uh, the histogram just is, you know, is just showing you what it is that you've done, but also uh, it's talking about the, the light and dark sort of um, relationship, right? So uh, if you evaluate the image below in the levels window on Photoshop, the histogram looks like a wide flat valley, no middle tones with uh, tall peaks in the white and black. So you can see that's sort of scooped out, right? Uh, almost, almost like, to, to Kyle's example, like music. Right, you can sort of see the mid, the mid, it's just been sort of scooped out. All right, so the quick sketches above show the faces of people in an audience, scroll up again, listening to Irish music. They were lit by a single light bulb overhead. They used a felt tip brush marker with no pencil inlay, or lay in rather. And you can also try this idea with a subject lit by the sun. Try to ignore the actual local color, push everything to dramatic extremes, try not to <laughs> lines, define everything with shapes, for the picture of the library at the right, um, that meant to leave off the vertical lines on the right of the columns and the horizontal lines defining the stairs. I laid in the drawing with pencil and used a felt tip pen for the small lines and a marker for the shadows. I drew it in daytime across the street and I had a hard time deciding whether to make the sky white or black. 
it was also almost impossible for me to keep myself from drawing the lines on the right side of the columns. Sketches done in this way resemble early black and white photographs where the limited latitude of the film resulted in strong contrasting areas of black and white with almost no middle tones. Um, so again, we're kind of you know, looking at this image of the library and it's, uh, it's certainly effective. Um, but I definitely understand what he means. It'd be very difficult to sort of resist that urge to try to like outline <laughs> the light edge, right? You can see it clearly and you want to define it, but, um, but yeah, but if you can resist that, you know, that temptation for the instant gratification, right? Something, something other can really result. So, um, all right, so next section, silhouette. Uh, the silhouette is the outside shape of an object against a background. It helps us to immediately recognize animals, plants, or figures, and it conveys essential information about the mood and action of the pose. Be careful by considering silhouette. You can give your design more impact. Um, so yeah, so we can see this, this character uh, in a silhouette, very clear, clearly defined. If you squint your eyes, you know, even though there's a lot of color and stuff on the left-handed version, right? If you squint against this, against this white paper, you can really sort of see, you know, this very clear dark to light relationship, right? A face in profile is a common kind of silhouette. It's often cut from black paper by a skilled artist. The character Uncle Doodle above left is shown as he apparently, as he appeared fully painted. Beside him is the same figure converted to a black silhouette. The whole pose included the face and both hands and can be understood from the silhouette alone. This kind of broad comic posing suggests the pantomime stage acting from the vaudeville area and was popular in golden age American illustrators, especially Maxfield Parrish and J.C. Leindecker. But silhouettes don't uh, have to be seen side view against a white background. All shapes have silhouettes and vision research has shown that one of the first tasks of perception is to be able to sort out silhouette shapes of each of the elements in a scene. A good rule is that the most important part of the pose, often the hands or the face, should be brought into silhouette rather than embedded inside the pose. Try to imagine the poses of your uh, important figures converted into a silhouette, the shape standing alone as against a black, uh, as black against a white, still conveys the action. It will probably translate to a fully rendered painting. The most important part of the pose should be placed with the strongest contrast against the background. Background can be designed so that it gradates up to a bright halo behind that area, while other parts of the silhouette can be left a, a bit closer in value. In case of the artist above, this artist painting here, um, in case of the artist above, painted during a sketch group, I chose to lighten the background the most behind her hand rather than behind her head because I thought her hand was more important. At right, I contrived the shadows on the spaceship to bring the strongest light behind the pensive expression of the main figure. So yeah, I like this, you can see very intense light right here by the hand. And that really draws our attention. Um, it's not in the very center of the composition, but it is you know, probably more of a rule of thirds sort of thing. And then the same thing here, the silhouette of this character, very bright background. And then we can have some lights in there, but still the overall dark sort of shape and stuff that we have. Um, and that really draws a lot of our attention. Um, and so 
again, just a very important uh, compositional uh, device. Curascuro. Uh, so the word curascuro comes from Italian, and it literally means light, dark. It refers to the use of bold contrasts when illuminated areas and shaded passages within a composition. It also can be used to describe the use of tonal modeling to convey three-dimensional form. So we can see examples of some painted studies here, and then some also, you know, more finished work from an illustration. Uh, so he goes on to say, in the broadest sense, chiaroscuro describes the management of light and dark tones in a picture. As an art term, it has a variety of specific meanings. Originally, it referred to a way of drawing on toned paper while using paint for lighter areas and ink for the shadows. It can describe a type of wood block printing in which separate blocks are used for different degrees of tone. More often, it describes a composition with dramatic contrasts of light and shade. The effect conveys not only vermissimilitude, vermissimilitude, <laughs> but also psychological tension. Sometimes this way of painting is called tenebrism, especially in association with 17th century followers of Caravaggio in Spain and Italy. Note the separation of light and dark tones in the standing figure at the opposite right. I downplayed the transitional halftones and reflected light, trying to keep the light and shade as distinct as possible. To achieve the tonal separation with post figures, this tonal separation with a post figure, the model stand must be surrounded with dark cloth to suppress the reflected light. Chiaroscuro is often associated with candlelit scenes, especially when the light source comes from within the picture and overall effect is dark and dramatic. In the painting above, the light comes from above to the left where it shines on the man's black, uh, I'm sorry, man's back and the woman's profile. Uh, the background is arranged so that the dark shape accentuates the contrast. Um, and so we can see that, right? We can see this, this sort of, uh, this chiaroscuro, this tenebrism. Again, there's other uh, devices that are being used for contrast. Um, but that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about compositional devices that we can use to help um, add contrast, to help sort of add definition. Uh, sh shape, we're almost done. We're almost done. So I want to you know, sort of point, point to these, uh, I believe these last two things. So uh, shape welding, right? By linking adjacent shapes similar in value or color, you can create larger shape units, thus simplifying the composition. Uh, if you want to make your composition memorable, uh, make it simple. Simple shapes are easy to recognize and remember. Busy pictures with lots of little separate shapes have less impact. Achieving simplicity doesn't always mean restricting yourself to just a few minimal forms, like the one apple against a blank background. You can have plenty of elements or figures that still have an uncluttered picture. The trick is to arrange the elements so that the adjacent tonal shapes fuse together into uh, a larger abstract pattern. According to Charles Defoe, Howard Pyle used to say, put your white against white, your middle tones against grays, and black against black, and then black and white, um, where you want your center of interest. This sounds simple, but it is difficult to do. You can unify uh, shapes by losing them uh, in an enveloping cloud of shadow, such as the figure to the right, whose dark coat blends into the back uh, the dark of the of the doorway. On the figure of Mark Twain opposite, I shape welded the light tones to his shoulder and the sky behind and the dark tones to his leg and the cast shadow. Leonardo da Vinci wrote in his notebooks, take care that the shadows and lights 
fuse into one another without hard edges, lines, just as smoke loses itself in the ether. So you must, uh, so must your lights and shadows pass from one to the other without apparent separation. Um, and so, yeah, I think we can kind of, we can kind of see that here, right? This dark coat of this, this character with the funny hat smoking something. This dark coat really kind of blends into the background. So his coat and the whole doorway become one shape. These legs on Mark Twain over here in shadow, cast shadow, they do, you do sort of lose that edge. If you look hard enough, it's definitive, but, but certainly like, you know, as at a glance, they are, uh, they are very much like close in tonal value. And so I'm going to jump down here to the windmill principle. And so anybody who's in um, reinventing, if you've been reading along, if you've been following, um, the windmill principle is something that Guy Atchison does talk about. Um, and so let's talk about it here, right? Um, so taking from James Gurney, right? The windmill principle is a way of thinking about tonal arrangement that will help you integrate form into its background. It can help you avoid that pasted on look that happens when you don't, when you, uh, don't concentrate on losing some edges and accentuating others, right? So his story here is, um, James Gurney talks about, for many years, I had a, a print of a painting by Rembrandt on my wall. Zoom in on it so we can see it a little bit better. This painting right here of the, of the windmill. Um, and so, right, uh, I looked at it often, Something about the tonal arrangement gave me a strange feeling of satisfaction that I couldn't quite identify. It's a simple design with a majestic feeling of fading light that appears, uh, sorry, a second, yeah. Um, it's a simple design with a majestic feeling of fading light, um, but what was it about the windmill that kept grabbing my attention? All at once it dawned on me, the veins of the windmill have been painted with great attention to tonal relationships. The upraised vein of the light against dark sky, the opposite is its dark against light. The other two are subordinated. The one pointing towards us is dark against dark and the one far is light uh, against light. Each vein of the windmill represents one of four possible tonal arrangements. It's like a Bach fugue like music, right? That puts the subject through every possible variation, thus resulting, the resulting effect marries the subject to the background in a way that both separates it and embeds it. I looked at this painting from the history of art and I found that the principle turns up over and over again, particularly among painters who are conscious of such tonal relationships. So he's diagrammed it for us here. And you can see this windmill principle is such. It's uh, light on dark, this very most upper sort of arm of the, of the windmill. Light against light, right? Sort of disappears into the background. Dark against light, again, a higher degree of contrast. And then the dark on dark, we lose this edge. Again, it's, there's enough clarity within the shapes that you can start to find these details, but, um, but it really gives us this sort of very pleasing effect, right? Of the light. Um, the tonal value relationship. So again, you know, since we're on reinventing, we're talking about how reinventing works. Um, 
guy's language would be positive and negative, right? For pos, neg, the positive being the dark and the negative being the light in, in, his, in his way of saying it, right? So again, we'd have this neg on pause, that would be this light on dark, right? Um, neg on neg, that would be the light on light, right? Pause on neg, so dark on light, and then pause on pause, this dark on dark. And this is a really interesting, it's very difficult, but it also can be very, very effective. So yeah, it's a fantastic chapter. Uh, we're gonna cover the second half of it uh, in just two weeks, everybody. So I wanted to, I wanted to share that with you. I think in light of like sort of looking oh, at good. that, thank you. I, I think looking at the work that we just looked at, I would go back, look at the artists that we just looked at. Mm -hmm. And sort of, and sort of yeah. some of these thoughts that we just we just talked about. I think you're going to find that they are actively using these things, just like James Gurney talked about these great illustrators from history and great painters from history. They're thinking about these things. I think these great tattooers from our own time are also thinking about these things. So when we want to talk about how do you learn how to do this stuff, it comes from your own visionary, you know, like spirit <laughs> you know that's what makes them so great yeah it really does that's there they are expressing something from from their own imagination their own consciousness but how do you effectively translate these things i think that the the knowledge is is here within art itself you learn about some of these things and then you just get to work <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. and that's that's the only that's yeah. got it because again, everybody we looked at, we could sort of draw these comparisons. We draw these, these parallels. But they're all doing their own thing. Uh -huh. But they're also referencing a, a much larger history of image-making practices that, that really, you know, runs through us too. It's a part of what we do every day. Um, and again, what we ignore is a part of what, <laughs> what makes it what it is. That negativity constitutes what it, you know, its positive form. But there might be things you want to observe, and that helps you sort of get your point across a little bit more, right? Again, sort of this, you know, I think it's a great point. James Gurney makes it, Kyle makes it, music, right? This sort of this universal language that we have. There is concept, right? There is symbolic relationship that we're that we're also exploring. But there's got to be this, there's this abstracted language that we're also, uh, you know, like we're all taking part in. So anyway, that was it. I wanted to share that with you. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, and I hope that it's, again, something that, get this book, buy this book. Right? I think I have that book. I'm searching for it right now. Buy this book if you don't have it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change you, right? All great books really do that. Um, but also the reinventing course, right? I'm plugging it because it's, it's, it is, it's on the same level, right? The book that Guy Edgerson put together that we get a chance to read again is a, it's a great art book. It's a, fun, it's a book about fundamentals. It doesn't teach you how to tattoo. It teaches you how to think about images, right? It teaches you, it teaches you a lot of the things you're going to that are gonna be useful for you in an image making practice. Whatever you like to make, you may be really into American tradition like we've talked about. Um, 
I think you get you get something from it. You may be into neo-traditional. <laughs> you might be into realism. Doesn't matter, right? A lot of these principles can are applicable to whatever it is you're doing. So you learn about them and you have to you have to seek out knowledge from you know from a master tattoo artist or you have to learn from somebody. I think this is important. I really do. There's gonna be plenty of space, you know what I mean, for you to learn how to do it on your own. But even if you're, you know, but nobody's doing it on their own. We're all, you know what I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, right? Like you're you're learning from others, right? Like if <laughs> if somebody who's truly self-taught, right? If that was a true thing, <laughs> you know, I don't know where you would be. Does this make sense, right? I think a lot of times we want to romanticize this idea. I'm self-taught, so on and so forth. Not really, right? Yeah. Not really. You've learned lots from others that have come before you, right? We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. And so, um, yeah, you have to get out there and learn things on your own, of course. Absolutely. But we're always learning from people who have sort of paved the way in certain respects. Sometimes we learn what not to do. That's, that's <laughs> try to learn. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all good, right? It's not all yeah. good. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? That we're all trying to, um, we're trying to leave tattooing better than we found it. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah, I believe that's true. that's true. I believe that's what we're all doing here, you know? And so. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. What uh, chapter is that? It's called composition and it's in the imaginative, I believe that's the name of the book, but I'm butchering it. Oh, that's not the color and light book. Not the color and light book. It's the, um, let's see, I'll share the, share the cover. It's, this is the cover of the book. Let's see if it, whatever reason, having a hard time with there maybe that's maybe it's showing it now yeah you can see it um imaginative realism by james gurney so again a different book <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm within fair use right i used uh, i used a different book last week so i'm just saying so um so yeah i hope uh, james gurney if you just happen to be watching this episode <laughs> let's dream you. might be right we're, he's we're still alive right. of course yeah no you wow. yeah you should definitely definitely be on james gurney's youtube channel oh, check it out it's great stuff buy his books he's a fantastic teacher and artist and uh um i've never met him personally but i know people who know him and they've always you know said just great things about him. like he's like a really cool dude too so um Anyway, yeah, I love this work. It's a great book. Um, and that's what we were talking about today. What's from this book? And we're going to talk about it again in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we're going to use that. We're going to use the same chapter. We're going to continue with it. It's a little bit more advanced, right? And so you can always go back and review the things we talked about today. Um, it's, <clears throat> it's on YouTube forever. You can, yeah, you can go back and read along with me if you like. Read it better than I read it. Um, but I, I, there was something about, you know, and I, I do like to do that. I like to sort of have some sort of topic that we talk about. 
and then go to tattooing and see like what's going on in the world of tattoos. And, uh, you know, again, some of these incredible artists we looked at today, I, I see a real connection with the principles that we were talking about as far as composition goes. And that's where I hope that you all want to put some of your energy, put some of your focus, right? The simple stuff, right? Try to make it, try to make uh, what it is you're making composed, right? Compose it. Even if you're using, you know, you have to use reference too. I'm not saying do you just make it up out of nothing. You're using reference. You're looking at like these fundamental principles. There's a lot that you can, you know, you can use to help you out. But um, start start basic, start simple, just like James Gurney told us. Um, and then you'll be able to make, you'll make this beautiful music, beautiful visual music. So, but yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, you know, does anybody else have anything they'd like to add? Do we want to look at anything else? Do we want to open the floor up a little bit? Oh. Hey. Not all at once. Hey. <laughs> anybody working on anything cool? Even if it's not cool? Who's got cool stuff? Yeah. That is cool. Let me uh, spotlight this creature sketch. Yeah, awesome cylinder. Nice. Whoa. It, it was fun. Uh -huh. I didn't know if I wanted to make a barrel or what, but anyway, that's what I was doing. Well, uh, you know, I, I really like that it's sort of a neo-traditional barrel. <laughs> it's like <laughs> 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 well it's, played. you've got all of these elements and you put together, made something kind of kind of interesting and new. You could go a lot of ways with it that could become science fiction really quickly. You know what I mean? So. Almost ended up with a gorilla on top. <laughs> or it could become Donkey Kong. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, anybody else? Anybody, any other shares that anybody else wants to make? Uh, can I get a critique? Of course. Kyle, you're you're always so uh let me see. Do you want to share your screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get pulling up the OBS right now. that'll work uh my question is is it too busy is it too much because like i've got the bones that are trying to frame in the coffin but then i've also got like the bone from like his his ribs and his chest plate and everything like that and then like i have all this texture on his face like is it way too busy do i need to take stuff away because i'm starting to feel like i do i don't think it's too busy it's the the face is a little um a little more shaded, a little, mm -hmm. a little more in the back. Yeah. Uh, maybe lighten up the face just slightly. Okay. But not, it's definitely not too busy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. Does that make sense? Cause I was trying to do like this whole like dramatic thing, but if it just falls way too far back behind and it doesn't make sense, then yeah. 
then I can lighten up face up for sure. Yep. Just, just yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, maybe the, maybe right there, like on the bridge of the nose, right? Just that little, where it starts to extend out kind of like the same plane as like the top of the head has the, you know, as the bright light and then all like the, you know, the zygomatic, you have a, have a little bit of light just a, yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe just a little touch right there. I think okay. it's just little touches, Kyle. I mean, we're nitpicking, but because it, it's mm -hmm. uh, what I want. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But but that would be Definitely. my you know sort of thought. So it's so like, like this, this bright light's hitting the tongue. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you might might be just a few more points where you end up with a little bit uh, a little bit more brightness. And then maybe the other thing is um, uh, you don't get the same highlights on the the bone frame. You know what I mean? That 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 way you kind of have this like the, the frame has kind of a middle right, and then the background's very dark. But then you get the then you get the chiaroscuro, you get the tenebrism of like the face gets the gets those snappy bright lights and the dark deep deep darks. Okay. To, you know that might be the busyness you're talking about, like the sort of like you know we our eyes going back and forth to the, all the things. Um, but, uh, that makes a lot of sense. It's, uh, okay. it, it is very, it's, it's dark and disturbing. Uh, and it's also, uh, it's also insanely gorgeous at the same time. Yeah. It's beautiful. Make a dope ass tattoo. Yeah. You, yeah. Are you gonna tattoo this on somebody, Kyle? No, no idea. Um, I just, what do you think about like Halloween flash and stuff like that? And I started drawing stuff and then I just, decided to put more time into this thing so i have no idea what i'm doing with it hmm. spear go ahead oh uh what do you think about the um the so if i were if this were a creation of mine i what i would be worried about or wondering about is the black all the black above the head um and so my then my question is this is more of a question than an observation um would we think about adding something in that black area? Is that too much black there? Uh, yeah, what I had before, um, and I took it away just to see, um, is I was trying to do like this muted red, um, uh, just like a like a like a blood moon or something above them. Yeah. Um, you get that slight contrast of like the the greenish, the dark 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 greens, muted greens, uh, low chroma greens, and then it's like the contrast of the red um but i it was it was still on the whole like is it too busy is there too much going on type of thing mm -hmm. what if you what if you like uh blurred it out like made it almost not almost not visible and just you know what i'm saying so you could jam oh, yeah, some, yeah, some yeah, muted yeah. you know, it could just be hella muted because you're right it would bring out the green right yeah, and just like take away the edge so it doesn't like, yeah. I don't know. Um, I like that. It's just, you know, yeah, it's just a question, I guess. You know? Yeah, no, 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 no. Very, very awesome observation. I, I like that. I like that a lot. I think it adds that it fills the space in without like demanding too much attention. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you, you still want to keep the coffin shape, but he has these ears. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, so how do you 
control for that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'll have to play around with that, but like, yeah, I really like that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That was a great idea. Yeah. I think uh, I think that was that's a, a really good observation. You know, like that space was uh, it did need something. Um, last week, in the reinventing drawing group, we had uh, John Clue came to visit uh -huh. everyone. It was amazing, um, and he kind of had this motif, right? Bone, like skulls, and space. So having this moon, or having even some more like you know, spacey stuff back there. Um, I think that, I think that was a, you know, uh, it's a very interesting combination. Um, it kind of really ties into what we were, uh, what we were just talking about last week. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle, you were there. It was, <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, do you have, uh, well, I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to share what you drew for, uh, for last week? I, even if you didn't work on it anymore, it was oh. really amazing. I didn't. I I have not had time, dude. It's been a no, crazy week, man. I, yeah, I don't think you. Yeah, look at that. Oh. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, skull in space. Yeah, that's super cool. Damn, that's dope. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, just it was fun. You know, it was a fun. It was a fun night. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a chance to to work on it. Um. I could definitely just go through and refine things and nitpick everything. Um, yeah, but I think there's something really, really wonderful happened. You know what I mean? The way, you know, what, what ended up coming together. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I really like the state of this, even if you were to go through and like, you know, like make all kinds of uh, edits and changes and stuff like that. It could be, could be like totally new and totally different and cool, but this is, uh, I think it's really exceptional. So I'm really glad you get, you're sharing it with us. Um, thank you man yeah it's very cool so thank you um, yeah well it's you're always so generous kyle like showing us your work and letting us critique and and creature uh thank you for also sharing your work with us and letting us critique it mm -hmm. jason's just had to jump off everybody it was so great having you Jason um great interview uh with gunner mm -hmm. yesterday so if you get a chance check that out very cool. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a great point. We could uh, we could end our show for today. So if we could, um, if you're still here with us, everybody, you know, give us your sign off, and we'll uh, we'll call it a day today. Um, Creature, could you give us a start? Give us your Certainly. sign. Off. Let's, let Creature's us know. Cave everywhere. That's uh, Creature with a K. Woo. -woo. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Creature. It was really great getting a chance to see your work today. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also, I, I really liked the I really liked the barrel that you showed us too. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. You gotta have fun. Thank you for being here. It was really great to catch up with you as well. Mm -hmm. And good luck with your with your very new thing. We'll we'll tease that right. So you can um, you can give us an update. Give us I, I'm supposed to uh, go and fill out some paperwork at a tattoo studio on Wednesday. Yeah, we're we are sending good vibes your way. So thank you. Yeah, can't wait to yeah wait to hear more. All right, so you, uh, Spirit, if you're still with us, give us your sign offs. 
Hey guys, uh, this is uh, tattoosbyspirit.com, tattoosbyspirit on Instagram, tattoosbyspirit on TikTok. Uh, and you're right, you're right, creature. Uh, artwork is should be fun, you know, should be fun. So uh, appreciate it, guys. Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful beginning of your week. I appreciate you guys you for having us, James. Of course, and appreciate you coming today, Spirit. And uh, you know, I I think like all of the all of the insight that you were giving us, you know what I mean, on the neo-traditional angle, like you really started this conversation that we're having. And I think it's been very, very productive and fruitful. And so mm-hmm. uh, we're really, uh, really, yeah, I really love, you know, your decisiveness in this. So anyway, can't wait, man. Really can't wait. So thank you cool, so much. Man. Absolutely. I'll be cool. You too. All right. Kyle, we'd love to hear, um, uh, where we could find you? Um, uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me, um, my name is Kyle Olson. You can get a hold of me uh, via Instagram, Olson underscore tattoos, O-L-S-O-N. Um, you can get a hold of me at trinityartcollective.com. Um, those are great ways to get a hold of me. And um, I'm really, really thankful for the, the, the conversation today um, because I've always likened uh, neo-traditional to Art Nouveau not an evolution of traditional when it's like literally in the name. So um, yeah, that kind of blew my mind uh, open a little bit. So uh, thanks spirit for, for bringing that topic up and having us deep dive on that. Cause that's, that's, that was super, super awesome. And, and thank you so much, James, for, for hosting this show. Always. Uh, I always look forward to it. It's so much fun. I get so much out of it. It's, it's just awesome. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate your kind words. And also, uh, I just want to plug Kyle Olson next week on Drawing for Tattooers. <laughs> You're not going to want to miss it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Kyle, we're going to look at your work, right? We're going to we're going to ask you all kinds of questions. We're going to pick your brain. So um, okay. can't wait for it. And so it's very we're really excited. Uh, thank you again for agreeing to do it. Um, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be. Uh, radical so and stressful no don't. <laughs> no just, just be yourself just be your one no pressure no pressure no, no. yeah um if there's like specific things you want to go over let me know beforehand and i'll do some research and shit so uh, yeah. yeah you got it so um anyway everybody thank you again for joining us on today's episode drawing for tattooers uh number 66 already can't oh believe Hell yeah. Wow. Well, uh, I just wanted to, you know, again, we're going to, we want to thank Guy Atchison, you know, uh, for making all of this uh, happen. Um, it was his birthday the other day. Happy birthday, belated. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Guy. Um, and also, I definitely want to, you know, mention one more time the Alliance of Professional Tattooists. I'm a member. Uh, if, if you tattoo, um, you may want to look into joining the APT. There's all sorts of new regulations that are on the way, um, whether we like it or not, right? <laughs> whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, it's it's happening. And mm-hmm. so APT might be our chance to have a seat at the table, as it were, mm-hmm. right? So uh, check it out. You may, you know, you may sort of find that there are all sorts of benefits. Um, but of course, there's also the solidarity of tattoo artists coming together, uh, you know, in a unified way. So I, again, I just want to encourage everybody, check them out. 
Alliance of Professional Tattooists. Um, so uh, again, thank you for coming, right? It's, I hope you had a chance to draw along with us. I would encourage you, right, to read James Gurney books, go back and look at some of these fantastic illustrators, artists, and the tattooers that we're, you know, that we're featuring. I think that you're gonna find uh, that there's a lot that can help um, you mark practice. I'm James Wisdom. Uh, you can find me tattooing wisdom on the internet and uh, happy drawing everybody.